0: The Big Vets on Campus Podcast. 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 All right, here we go.
1: Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. Gone. Oh, they get it. A miracle. It. Double order. Hit that one from the parking lot.
2: What's
0: up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is the college basketball conference tournament betting preview part six. I'm Stucky and joining me tonight is Mr. Jim Root. It's been 12 hours of me and the weave. You are last but certainly not least to cap off this day of conference tournament previews. If you haven't heard previous two episodes with Kai
1: And Maddie Cox, make sure you check them out. What's going on, Jim? I'm I'm ready to go. Hopefully I deliver on the, uh, I'm sure, stellar performances for my two cohorts today. I will try to cap it off with with some more insights in a couple of tournaments here. Yeah, we're going to cover the
0: ACC, the Big 12, the AAC, and Conference USA. Although, I almost made you switch out Conference USA for another conference after uh, your wager on Western Kentucky.
1: So your worst wager of the year? No, I think my worst. Oh, wager Iowa of the year was, was it the Iowa game? Yep, played thirty-two with Iowa. and They lost by nine. That was pretty <sighs> bad. <laughs> you have a couple yeah. stinkers. I bet Old Dominion a couple days ago, and they got smashed in the Sun Belt tournament. So, yeah,
0: you just gotta you gotta take those on the chin. Yeah, sometimes they're nice though. You are like, ah, oh, that one's done. I don't have to pay attention to this and split <laughs> yeah. it out. All right, let's start with the ACC. This tournament we played in Greensboro, North Carolina. It was in Brooklyn last year. It's back in Greensboro. Tuesday start, Saturday finish. The favorite now, obviously shop around odds can differ a little bit depending on the book, but the favorite now, based on these odds I'm looking at here, Duke plus 280. Virginia is the two seed, and Duke's the four seed for what it's worth. Virginia's a two seed. They're plus 300. The one seed Miami plus three forty, and then you have UNC and Clemson about six to one. Clemson's the three seed, UNC's the seven, and then you're down to some longer shots: NC State twelve to one, Pitt fourteen to one, and then you're getting down to your deeper long shots: Wake, Virginia Tech in that forty to fifty to one range, Syracuse one hundred to one, and then the dregs who we can pretty much write off: Florida State, Boston College. Louisville and Georgia tech. Uh, so looking at this bracket now, you're not going to believe this, but so one of the first things that I always do is I'll take all of the futures prices and I'll, I'll get your thoughts on this in a second, but we talked about the ACC a couple of days ago. So I take all the futures prices and then I map out the money line rollover and then do a probability tree. And just most of the time, the money line rollover is going to pay more. The only, so Virginia Tech is 50 to one. There we go. And <laughs> here we go. The only team that, and look, like per Torvik, if you simulate, he's at 40 to one. I'm at 35 to one. Like a money line rollover. So if you look at Virginia Tech's path, And look, I'm higher on Virginia Tech than the market, in fairness. But Virginia Tech, Notre Dame first, like seven and a half, eight-point favorite maybe, maybe seven. Then NC State, that's a a pick. I have it. Clemson, that's a pick. I have it. Then Virginia or UNC, like four-point dogs. And then Duke in the final. Like, if that's the path without major upsets, at four and a half, five. Now, granted, there could be – Tech has no depth, and they, they are playing as slow as they did last year, which I liked, right? Like they were playing super slow, so you, and they had to win, a, you know, four games in – but this time they have to win, what, five games in five days? Um, but that money line, like – that, but I just – it's 28 to 1. So I'm tempted by Voltech again. Now Maddox is not coming back, which hurts. Um, he, he's a big loss, and he was big last year during that run. But everyone else, I, I don't see any value in. Am I nuts for liking vatech on in the bottom half?
1: No, I don't think you're nuts. Uh, the price it's is up. solid. It, it's a totally reasonable price there uh, to to actually jump in on. The Maddox thing is what really scares me. You take what precious little depth they have, and you pull him out, and it's five and five days. Like they did four and four last year, but now, yeah, you add that extra game. And like, none of them are going to be total pushovers. I, I get a little bit nervous. I, I but I can't hate on it at the price. Fifty to one is is at least one. worth looking at. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, outside of my insane obsession with now, I'm also I'm higher than the market. The bottech the bot took care of me last year, fifteen to one, and I had like one of my worst marches ever. That was like the lone bright spot. So like, I will always have a soft <laughs> spot in my heart for this core. So. When you're looking at the – let's just start high level. Now, you don't think any, anyone playing on the first day other than just talk about Tech, you can throw them out, right? Florida State, Georgia Tech, BC, Louisville, Notre Dame. Yeah, so now close. you're on yeah, – yeah, you're on to the second – you know, the, the second round. You have Syracuse taking on Wake. You have Pitt taking on the winner of Florida State, Georgia Tech. North Carolina taking on the winner of Boston College, Louisville. NC State taking on Virginia Tech. Now, NC State at twelve to one, and the fact that they have to play at Virginia Tech in the second round, uh, this—that's—I think that pretty much eliminates them at that price level. But before we get to the top four seeds with a double fine in the
1: quarterfinals, any team that's going to start in the second round intrigue you at all? I am not interested in UNC, especially at that price. I—I I just I'm a seller of that team, even where they're at right now. So no, no, thank you there. Syracuse wake no no Monsanto for wake just kind of wrecks their offense and I think that Syracuse team has largely quit defensively maybe you could get into pit because the the guards but again I don't like their path they have to go to Duke or play Duke in the quarters and I think they're the best team in the ACC right now it, it, you, you threw out NC State you, you you dumped them already and I get it because the Virginia Tech thing but they would have the same path as Virginia Tech they would have to go through Clemson who I'm not worried about I don't think Virginia is that good but I also don't really trust NC State. Their guards are so erratic. Like they can be on on at times, and they're especially like that at home. They're a little Auburn-esque in that sense where their guards who chuck up a lot of stuff is better at home. Now you throw them in a neutral court in Greensboro, and maybe they're not going to have the same juice. Don't you think it's a content's a bad matchup for NC State, though? Like they th-
0: with their bigs and they can they can their mobile bigs and they can shoot. Uh, I mean, granted, look, they just didn't miss a shot when they just played NC State. But I don't think that Clemson's a great matchup for NC State, which is what would scare me there.
1: Yeah, Clemson doesn't turn the ball over, which is kind of surprising. I, I don't perceive them as having like these great sure-handed guards, but they've been really solid And NC State feeds off the turnovers. Yeah, I mean, they just lost by 25, and the game wasn't that close. So perhaps uh, that's wishful thinking to think they could compete with Clemson.
0: Yeah. Another reason that I I like Tech because I want to sell North Carolina – they're just, look, that game against Duke in you know, a must, like you got to win that game. Like, and they just have shown over. Like they're so
1: inconsistent. And we're, they are who they are at this point. And right, I want to tell you, they've told us repeatedly that we are yep. not good. And it's like, all right, fine. I agree. You, you finally, I, I admit you're not good. <laughs> yep. And then I want to sell Virginia too. I'm not a fan of this Virginia
0: team. The defense is good. I love Tony Bennett. The offense is meh. The defense is an elite and they're going to be in these like grinders with everyone. I mean, you go back to like the games where they were beating Notre Dame and Louisville by like one and two each. I think they're vulnerable as well. And I'm not some huge buyer of Clemson and NC state's very erratic. That's why, I mean, that's makes me like Vatek even more, but in the top half, yeah, I mean, Pitt, Pitt has the guys, they're older, they're experienced. Um, I think that they can have some success against Duke. And then you also have Miami there with their guards, do you think this is Duke's tournament to take?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a supporter of Duke at this stage, but I I do think the three most likely teams to win the tournament are in the top half. Like you said, if Pitt was down there with the Carolina, Virginia, uh, Clemson cell group, I would probably buy in on the Panthers because I do like the backcourt. And uh, I think that they're relatively potent. I can't believe they almost won at Miami with that uh, title on the line. That was actually an impressive effort to me, but you know, Duke finally showed they can do it a little better away from home going to Carolina in a desperate, desperation spot for their rival. Stuck, are they going to do what Carolina did last year? This, like, oh, the coach's first year, they so many ups and downs. Now they're starting to play really well late. They went at their rival on the final day of the season and route to a potential postseason run. Like, it's all kind of there for them to do something similar to what Carolina did last year.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, if you look at Duke, yeah, there's. I mean, their guys are starting to find their roles. They're starting to figure it out. But then you look, it's like, okay, that NC State game at home really could have went either way. And then what they beat Notre Dame, Syracuse, Louisville, and to so like vatech Yeah, they yep. beat Vaca. That's but they don't. <laughs> they wouldn't face vatech till the final. Yeah. Um, so I don't like. Is is it Duke or is it the ACC? Is just shit. That's, that's my question. As far as like bigger picture outside of the ACC tournament,
1: um, like is dude figuring ladder. it out or is just the ACC shitty? Yeah, it's, it's not great. I mean, like it, I'm sure people are going to punch the holes in all the analytics stuff. Like they don't have teams high in the net. They don't have a top 30 team at Ken Palm right now. I think that's justified. I don't watch anybody and have anybody super jump out to me. I buy the postseason narrative with Miami because the guards are that good. Jordan Miller's like the best connector piece in the country. So I think Miami has the the goods to make a run. And Duke has the talent now that they're healthy. Like Whitehead looks better. Lively looks better. Roach is at least giving them some of the veteran presence in the backcourt that they need. Proctor actually looks really, really good lately. So I I, I think Duke has the most upside of this conference. And that's, I bet them, plus 550 to win this tournament like a week ago. is before the Carolina game, so that's why the price has dropped. But I, I just, I, they, they've always been better in the, tournament than the regular season. Like Coach K never won the regular season, but he always competed in the tournament. I know it's not him anymore, but same same point stands. Yeah.
0: Uh, for what it's worth, if you look at Kempom, end of year rankings from 2002 until 2020, there was an ACC team that finished in the top six, at least one in the top six every single year. 2021, the highest rated team was Florida State of 15. 2022 was eight. And then this year, right now it's Duke at 31. It's crazy. Crazy. It's really crazy. Uh I guess I have to you mentioned them briefly. The last question that I'll ask is yeah, whenever you're in a tournament setting, used to be the Big East, people are gonna ask about Syracuse 100 to one. I'm sure there's gonna be people that just I mean look, if you go on if you simulate on Torvik, it's like five hundred to one. Um you're probably better off doing a moneyline rollover with Syracuse, but they just, they play Wake. they I mean, they play uh, yeah, they play Wake Forest to start. They just beat them. Their defense has been a mess, but in a tournament setting, they can be tough to face, which we've seen in the past, but this team doesn't seem to have the juice and or the depth, right? You, you don't see any path for Syracuse making a deep run, right?
1: No, I mean, they just had that four-game losing streak where they gave up like at least 1.28 points per possession in all four or something like that. They're giving up 43s a game. And there are some teams in this conference that can shoot it. I think Wake gets them. I'm, I'm doubling down on that one. I took Wake on our Big Bets on Campus live show, and I got it wrong on on Saturday. But I th- I think Wake gets them in the uh, the quarterfinals, or the, I guess it's the second round. Second round there, eight nine game. Yeah, who's who's been Monsanto's primary replacement? I, mostly Clintman, I think they've gone a lot bigger. Like he, he's kind of playing some small forward. But they just times. don't have
0: the shoot the same shooting prowess. Um, yeah, not at all. Yeah, it's tough to find. I'm gonna to stick to my guns. I'm saying bottech is a long shot and you're going with Duke. Plus 550
1: still playable at the price now, or would you pass? I'd probably pass now. I, I'm surprised that it moved that much, just mostly based off I guess winning at um winning at Carolina. And maybe the odds makers realize the rest of the conference isn't isn't good. Like why why would Virginia be priced ahead of Duke right now? That team is playing poorly.
0: Yep. I agree. All right,
1: let's move on to
0: our second conference. This one is fascinating to me for a number of reasons. Let's talk Big 12. Now, when I look at the Big 12, it looks like Texas is the favorite, plus 300. Kansas won the league again for the billionth time in the regular season, plus 350. Baylor, plus 450. Kansas State, plus 650. Iowa State plus 650 TCU plus 850 West Virginia 15 to one Oklahoma State 30 to one and Texas Tech and Oklahoma around 40 to one which I think is crazy with Oklahoma I mean Oklahoma's probably the best last place team in the history of any league um which is crazy just shows the the depth of the big 12. but my I have a couple questions for you now it's, we also have like two of the 10 teams in this league won't have the coach that they started with which is a fascinating storyline because it looks like Mark Adams is done. At Texas Tech, or at least won't be coaching this year. But where do you want to? Do you want to start top half or bottom half of the brackets? I have a couple of questions for you to kind of guide us through this.
1: Uh, let's go top half to start. We'll we'll, we'll save our TCU horn Frogs love for the the second half. Well,
0: yeah, and spoiler alert. I hope the I hope TCU loses in the first round, but I want them to just get healthy and but whatever. We'll get to that in a second. Top half, you have Kansas is the one seed, and the way that I look at this. You know, I mean, I don't see any value in, in Kansas um, at their current number. They're going to play the winner of West Virginia or Texas Tech. Who knows what you're going to get with Texas Tech just mentally? Do they rally? Is it just a complete distraction um, against West Virginia, who I think is now officially clinched its turn of birth? Now, West Virginia played Kansas tough recently, but he, you have to assume Kansas is going to get by that. Now, look, this is in – I should mention this – Tournament starts Wednesday, goes to Saturday. It's in Kansas City, so you have a little bit of a home slant for Kansas as well. But when I look at the top half, the reason that I kind of want to fade Kansas is they haven't been playing that great down the stretch. I mean, you know, you got blown out of Texas. They barely beat West Virginia. They barely beat Texas Tech. And I think a lot of that has to do with their lack of depth. They were like Jalen Wilson, it was O of 18 from three. Now he had some shooting regression coming, but it's just the legs. Now I think they'll be fine come the NCAA tournament, but they might not be built for three in three days, right? Like that last day, their, their legs might not be there, might not be. So, so like I just from a price perspective, from a lack of depth, I mean, a couple of these games lately, I think against Texas Tech, it was just, yes, if we played like nine minutes and that was it. And they just rolled with their – other five for most of the game. So then I look at, okay, Baylor, Iowa state. And that's really what I wanted to ask you about. Iowa state rolled them twice in the regular season, most recently at Baylor. And the news with Iowa state is Caleb girls kicked off the team, but they responded in a big way and they were using like switching defenses. Their zone just gave Baylor a lot of issues. So my question for you on that top half, and you can share any thoughts you have on that top half, is does Iowa State ju- is just a bad matchup for Baylor and we should look at <clears throat> Iowa State, but they just played them. So the other side of the coin, is there's something that Baylor can do, right? So they're going to be able to make the adjustments they just played. Is there some value in Baylor? Okay, we just got embarrassed by Iowa State. And so like I was kind of thinking Baylor here is the team, but I, I am partly afraid that Iowa State's just a bad matchup with with their defense. What are your thoughts on the top half?
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I land. Is that it does seem like a bad matchup because I don't really believe in Iowa State. Like they were playing very poorly before that game. I think they had lost four in a row since the NCAA tournament bracket reveal had them as a three seed and just kind of plummeted. Now they they recovered, getting rid of Grill. I've I've heard that he was the teammates didn't love playing with him towards the end, uh, and so maybe there was like a, a a burden off their shoulders with that, and they went Little super cancerous. deep. In their, yeah, they went super deep into their bench in that game. Like they played a, like a walk-on for two minutes in the first half. Like Otzelberger was like, we're just going to totally open it up. And the defense looked really, really good against a team that's kind of ISO heavy. They've got solid individual defenders. they got bigger guards to throw at Flagler and Cryer, and I think that gives them issues with their length. I, I like Baylor more in a vacuum, but I'm with you. I, I What we've seen between these two head-to-head is bad matchups. Like in that, that one just now on Saturday – Iowa State shot 63% inside the arc and Baylor shot 36 Like that, that's a real problem if you can't get any sort of easy looks and the other team is. So I I don't love Iowa State in a vacuum, but I, I'm I'm not gonna bet Baylor here because it seems like a bad matchup.
0: Yeah, I mean I I'm I'm a seller of Iowa State too in general. I mean, that was but to show you how well they just might match up with Baylor. And I think Jordan Jesky brought this up on Twitter like the 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 zone that Iowa State was playing just prevented Baylor from getting all of the isos that they like to just hunt and then use you know utilize their their strength at guard but that was the first road win for like obviously Hilton is a great home court advantage that was the first road win for Iowa State in two months since early January and they won by 15 so yeah so I I don't know. Like I would lean Baylor, but I'm afraid of the matchup. Um, to, and I, I just don't know if there's enough juice to get me there on West Virginia. Yep. And I, I don't want to know. West Fa
1: for sure. I yep. West Fa would have been like my 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 look there, but the price isn't quite friendly enough.
0: Yep. So I might be skipping the top half. Let me move to the bottom half. Really fascinating couple of matchups here. So you have Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Where Oklahoma State dominated Oklahoma in both meetings, Texas dominated Oklahoma State in both meetings, Oklahoma took Texas to the wire in both games. So really interesting dynamic there. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, probably like a pick is what that, you know, close to a pick is what that spread of the Oklahoma State is just not the same team without Anderson, I think, like you were starting to see. That down the stretch. They had a big effort at Texas Tech, but just in general, they really miss his shot creation. He's obviously a great on-ball defender, too. But winner of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State takes on Texas, who's the favorite here. And then Texas, if they get by that matchup, will take on the winner of Kansas State TCU. Now, Kansas State, I'm a seller of Kansas State. People love this Kansas State team. They're like, five here, you know, I see people on my mention saying Final Four, they're going to win it all. I am so far from that. They've been dominant at home. For what it's worth, and they've been a completely different team away from home, similar to Iowa State. And they'll play TCU. TCU, who I have, you know, power rated higher than Kansas State. TCU at full strength to me is a top five team. They split in the regular season, but Kansas State blew them out when Miles didn't play. And TCU blew them out the other meeting. And it's a great matchup on paper for TCU. TCU can Kansas State's an awful transition defense, and you can just dominate the offensive glass against them. But my question is, like, is Lampkin going to play? How healthy is TCU? How much do they want to really win it and go at this Big 12 tournament more so than let's just rest up? We're not getting a one seed. We're not getting a two seed. You know, once you, you roll the ball out there, you're going to try and win. But it's like a, a mindset thing. You, you know, with Roy Williams and the old Carolina teams, they used to say, like, he doesn't really want to win the conference tournament. So, But they're plus 850 to compared to Kansas State. That that game is going to be a, a pick at worst. So that's odd to me um what are your thoughts on the bottom half
1: yeah I, I we've we've talked about it a lot how much we both love this tcu team and i i get the sentiment of like wanting them to get healthy and, and don't go out here but i, I don't know if they're going to listen to us unfortunately i think they're going to try to win this thing and i'm skeptical but of the, the one of thing court. they could do is sit out lampkin that's the one thing that they could do but but cork is pretty solid inside then they've got their army of six seven forwards that can just yep. assault the glass too i, I it doesn't totally cripple them without Lampkin. I mean, I want the best version involves Lampkin for sure, but I, I think they can still compete. And yeah, I'm with you on K-State. They're prone to tough outings if either Noel or Keontae Johnson plays poorly. Like they're so reliant on two guys. Desi Sills missed the last game of the, the regular season two. I don't love K-State there either. And when you're talking about that price discrepancy, the TCU price is way more appealing to me than the Kansas State one. Um I, yeah, I, I can't get there with with K State right here. Yeah, I mean Kansas State's defense has been elite. Their three point defense has been elite all
0: year. Their two point defense, you can get them at the rim. TCU doesn't shoot threes. They want to get everything at the rim or in transition or on the offensive glass. Those are the three weak areas. Also, Kansas State will turn it. They, TCU can turn Kansas State over and then get it out in transition. So, I think this is a great matchup for TCU. Like, I think I have to take plus eight fifty with them,
1: even though I don't want to. Right. Yeah, and they played Texas really well both times. They yep. kind of controlled both. And at Austin, they let them back in, and, and Texas actually won. And at TCU, they like allowed a backdoor in the final minute or something to not cover minus three, but like they were up double digits in both games, Like played them really, really well. So if you get to that semifinal, kind of an appealing matchup for them there as well. well and then if you get Kansas, which would
0: be the favorite to come out of the top half, then you're getting them in third game in three days with no depth. And so TCU just...
1: boat race them in Allen Fieldhouse. So,
0: yeah. So, Kansas City shouldn't be an issue. All right. Yeah. Plus, if we're not going to hit the TCU national title future, then this will be a nice consolation prize, even if it, um, you know, someone gets banged up again. So, I, yeah, I think I have to take, I just have to take TCU. I was shocked that they, I figured that they would be the same exact price as Kansas State.
1: Yeah. Right? That would have made more sense. I mean, it's like one point on Ken Palm. Maybe not everybody believes in TCU power rating like the way you and I do, having them even or slightly better than than K-State, but we got to trust our guns there.
0: <laughs> yeah. As far as first round matchups or any other potential matchups down the line, I mean, I'm going to play Kansas. If TCU is a dog against Kansas State, I'm going to play them there or even a,
1: a pick. I'm playing TCU for the matchup. Um, also intrigued by the over there, 75 and 76 possessions this year, the two games that they played. I think that'll be track meat-ish. Yeah. Well, TC, that's how
0: TCU wants to play
1: and... If you turn it over
0: and allow them to get in transition, which Kansas State will do, and you can't defend in transition, I think they're 20th percentile per synergy, TCU's going to fill it up, um, and they can get to the rim. So, yeah, um, I, I don't mind that overlook. Can, is there anything you can do with West Virginia, Texas Tech, or is it I don't know how Texas Tech's going to respond to this, I'm staying away?
1: Yeah, that's. I think I'm probably staying away. Like it, I, Jeff Goodman tweeted that, like, the players want him gone. Like they're sick of playing for him. So I, I could see that being like a breath of fresh air where it's it's good. It's a relief to have him out of there. We've seen that in a couple places. I think Wofford played really well after McCauley left. I remember Seattle like two seasons ago when uh, Hayford got out of there. They played really well under Victor. I could see that being like a, a boost to them. So I'm going to stay away. I'm going to sit that one out. And then Oklahoma, any thoughts on Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, first round matchup? Uh, yeah, I, I want to say Oklahoma State owns them because they controlled both matchups, but Avery Anderson played in both games, so I don't know how much him being removed from that concoction changes the dynamic of it. So definitely lean to Oklahoma State because of the athleticism and uh, they're, they're okay playing isolation on offense and, and the Porter-Moser underscreening defense forces that, but without Anderson, I'm not super enthused about it.
0: Yeah, certainly a different team without Anderson.
2: As a reminder, before we go any further, college basketball season is in full swing. So get in on the action with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and receive first bet insurance up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call 1 800 Next Step in Arizona. 1 800 522 4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana. Call or text the Tennessee red line at 1-800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi, in Ontario. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at one 866 531 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Let's crack another puzzle. This is a another puzzle that I wanted. Let's go to the AAC,
0: which if you saw today, the, the Favorite is obviously Houston here, who
1: I think – do you think they locked up a one seed today? I think so. Big, big road win. The worst they can have is three losses. I mean, as long as they don't dump one to like a quad four game in this tournament, I think they're stuck on the one line. And there's just not a lot of teams like right around there to pass them. So I I think they're going to be a one. Yep. Well, Houston
0: is clearly the favorite. Let me pull up updated odds. Uh, Houston's minus 300. Memphis, the two seeds, plus 450. Cincinnati is twelve to one. Tulane twenty to one. Wichita State thirty to one. Temple thirty to one. UCF forty to one. And then you're down into the Dregs, South Florida, SMU, who is awful. Tulsa's awful. Uh, ECU. I mean, a lot of injuries in this uh, conference that we can talk about throughout. So let's just start with the top two. So Houston's minus three hundred, and Memphis is plus four fifty. I generally end up, I think I cashed on Memphis one year, came up short the other. I generally end up, I play Memphis every time they play Houston. They're now 7-0 and against the spread in the regular season of the past four years. 8-1 and one if you include conference tournaments. It's very similar to why I always play, I play Kentucky against Tennessee both times this year as a dog. Like, you're they're pl- you're, there's just so much talent and then they can create, there's just so many athletes all over that it kind of disrupts what Houston can do defensively. That just Memphis just matches up really well with well, them. They're not afraid and they just have dudes. I think they're a top 20 team. So if Memphis got to the final and I had a plus three forty in my pocket, I'd feel pretty damn good. Um, and, like have know that I have a puncher's chance. I mean, even they they played Houston at Houston with an eight without Kendrick Davis, um, which should tell you something. But if you look at Memphis, yeah, and I, someone asked me today how good is Memphis? I said that I have them top twenty, right, right around twentieth, and they can beat anybody in this field. They also can lose to anybody. Um, so if you look, I, I assume UCF is going to get by SMU and UCF. And Memphis had some wars this year. And I think this could be an opportunity for UCF to potentially, I mean, Memphis beat them by one at home and then lost, and again, they probably should have won a double overtime at UCF. UCF has a potential lottery pick uh, in Taylor Hendricks, who if you haven't seen, he's awesome freshman. Darius Johnson, their point guard was hurt for some time. He's come back and they've lost just a ton of close games like, they lost to the Temple in overtime. They lost to the Memphis by one. They lost to the Cincy by two. They lost to the Temple by two. But the talent is there. Um, is, so, like, I'm a bit afraid of that. Do I trust Memphis to get by that matchup? And then if you look in the bottom half, you have Wichita State. should get their leading scorer back. He was out with an illness the past couple of games. Wichita State should beat Tulsa. Tulsa's dreadful. Tulane's kind of been fading down the stretch. And they have no depth, no depth whatsoever. And I think that they're just running on fumes. But Tulane, I think, swept Memphis and put up like 95 both times. So Memphis has some potential landmines. Houston, on the other hand, up top, you know, South Florida ECU. I'm sorry, you're not going to pose a threat. Temple did beat Houston at Houston, then got destroyed at home since he played Houston tough. But the path for Houston is pretty easy to get to the championship the question I have for you is: Can Memphis avoid those landmines, or does like UCF or uh, you know does Wichita does does one of the other long shots have some value down in the bottom half? So let's let's start let's start easy
1: one top half. Any threat to any real threat to Houston on the top half? No, I'm not worried about it. Like you said, Temple beat them once, but Caleb Battle played in that game, and he is away He's from south the team. program or whatever mm-hmm. is going on there. Yep, Cincinnati's playing better, but I just. I, uh, Samson has owned Cincinnati like the same way Memphis has been great against the spread against Houston. It doesn't matter who's been coaching Cincinnati Cronin, Brandon Miller, Samson's been dominant against that team. So I'm not worried about that top, top half portion. I think Houston will be and in the Temple show
0: just took Cincy at home without battle to overtime and then beat them at home. So that's not a gimme for Cincy either.
1: Yep. Yep. So yeah, I, I feel pretty confident Houston's coming out of that top half. Then the bottom is where it gets, adventurous uh yep. and I, th- I think i think ucf 40 to 1 is the one that like intrigues me they felt like the team that needed the reset button of the postseason like the injuries that kind of wore them down through the regular season you mentioned all the close games they played they had houston to like a one possession game in the final minute in houston uh that that team has a lot of talent when they're actually healthy and, and that's where they're at right now I I went into this thinking Memphis would be my pick uh, from a value perspective, but I don't like their draw. Like you said, UCF's there. Tulane has given them so much trouble with those matchup zones. Uh, If they end up playing Tulane, even Wichita has been kind of feisty with Memphis uh, hasn't actually beaten them, but so yeah, a lot of the feisty intriguing teams are all in that bottom half with Memphis. So UCF at those at that number, is interesting to me because I don't care about the first round game. Like the fact that they have to win four. Well, when one of them is SMU, I I don't, that's, that's fine with me.
0: Yeah. And UCF that the other game they played against Houston, they lost by 11. I had them plus 10 and a half. It was miserable. There was a a flagrant at the end, but they made that, that was way closer than the final score. So yeah, they, I don't think that they would be afraid of going up against Houston if they got there. And then you probably have a, a hedge opportunity if you wanted it. Um, But I agree. I think because UCF, they played SMU once. They won by 32. I'm not concerned about that. I think SMU stinks out loud. So, you know, I think that they they can cruise in that game, which is important because you're going to have to win four in four days. And then, yeah, I think if they can get by Memphis, then you have, you know, the Tulane is, I think, fading and. Yeah, I would like them over Wichita, so can they beat Memphis?
1: They showed it. The talent's there. I think that's the look is UCF. Yeah, they they split with Memphis, lost by one, and had that crazy double overtime game. It was like a, a war of attrition. Memphis kind of blew it late and let UCF back into it. So they they can definitely beat them. Uh, Stucky, the question I have for you is, how much do, do we just continue hammering against Tulsa, who's like 4-24 and 24 against the spread this year?
0: It is insane. They have... The only game they won since beating Mississippi Valley State in mid-December was against Tulane in overtime. Yeah, they they can't. I think they covered against East Carolina, depending on the number you got. But they are just it's it's a miserable situation. Yeah, they play Wichita. They lost by
1: eleven, and then at they lost by four at Wichita. What's that line going to be like? Twelve ish. Yeah. Um. i I'm, I'll. I'll be a shocker. I, I just. I'm going to bet against the team that's covering 12% of their games and live with the results. Yeah. And then Walton should, they said Walton's going to play for Wichita, right? In the tournament. Yeah. I don't know if Tulsa is going to get Griffin and Pritchard back. Like, but without them, I think they're just fully hopeless because they so, have no shot creation. Yeah. Yeah. They're
0: a miserable team to watch. And the other thing is they don't like, they, they should play much slower with their offense, but they don't, they don't do anything well. Like, I guess like, I, yeah, it's a, it's a, just a miserable team. Um, yeah, I think it's UCF's the look. I also think, and just, if Memphis plays Houston in the final bet Memphis, you're going to get value in that number and it's probably going to go down. It's every time it'll yep. be, it'll be plus open. Plus uh, I'm going to say eight and a half. Um, yeah, that's just, that's too many. <laughs> and then
1: you take it and it'll close seven. Um, Would you parlay Houston with anybody like another, would you take the minus 300 and throw them in with somebody out of another conference? Or or is that not intriguing to you? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take Houston
0: just because like if they, because I don't like the matchup against them. So if they get to Memphis and I don't think UCF will be afraid and like, then they're not playing for anything. This is just tournaments in Fort Worth, Texas, by the way. Um, Yeah. I would just be afraid of Memphis. So at minus 300, no, it's a pass for me. All right. There. All right, one final conference tournament to get to. If you were gonna parlay, would you who would you of something of a team that's left? Someone's looking I was to do that.
1: Looking through that, and I think maybe uh thrown in with minus two. Yeah, okay. Vatek, <laughs> either- Houston parlay. <laughs> Houston's gonna ruin that. Houston's gonna yeah, ruin yeah. that against Memphis. Uh either Iona or Vermont. I think probably Vermont feels actually a little bit safer to me. Iona, I don't know what's gonna happen in the the Mac, although they are playing awesome lately. Iona is. Can they? Yeah. Well. uh, Yeah. Iona. We talked
0: about this. I talked about this with Maddie. The interesting thing about that Iona draw is like the four five in the top half are just fading, and then the eight nine Canisius and Mount St. Mary's are like the hottest teams in the league. So like (laughs) the eight nine game could be tougher than the four five. Although I think Siena should be. I think they might. They've been. I don't know why they've been so bad. So maybe this is what they needed a first star in the tournament. But they're healthy now. Anyway. Conference USA, the Frisco Disco, the yeah. Frisco. Isn't this oh, by the way? Any of the I forget Greensboro ACC.
1: Is that an over over Jim? I'll I'll pull it up. But yeah, you're you're getting to it. The Frisco Disco is an under. Is the under because they play like multiple? There's like a a curtain right. Yep, they play simultaneous games in a football stadium. Uh unders are thirty-three and eighteen since they moved it there, covering by an average of almost four a game. Like saying under by almost four a game. So it's it's definitely worth the look. It is a strange shooting background there. It's kind of like the new Arch Madness. Like Arch Madness
0: used to be free unders, but the market has caught on. I don't what did they do this year? I don't they know why started, I don't put every
1: Southern Illinois under, but they started way over and then the like semis and final, I think like came back down, started the, the unders had a resurgence, but it was like five and one overs the first six games of Arch Madness. It was like, all right, this is dead. It's not a thing yeah. anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, those, and those numbers before used to come out and then they would, they would drop eight points within two hours, but now the market is opening them much more efficiently and the market continues to get much more efficient each year. So yeah, that is an under gym and I don't know if the market's fully caught on to it yet. So if you're into betting opening totals, you might want to glance there. Gad, okay, did you want to jump in? Was the...
1: No, no. I was. I was oh, did you did you look? Did the... you pull up uh, Greensboro? No, this is I'll only pull up. ten and eight. Oh, this is the last five years. Um, if you go all the way back, is that just in Greensboro? Yeah, it was, so in, the, um, it was in Brooklyn. Before. It's a, so just in Greensboro, thirty-one and twenty-two to the over. So Greensboro has been an over venue for sure. Yeah,
0: I, I think I remember like. People saying, like players saying it's a good as good uh shoot shooting lines, um, yep. sight lines for shots for what it's worth. All right. So conference USA, Florida Atlantic is the top overall seed. And this game is in this tournament's in Frisco, Texas. Start Wednesday in the first round, championships on Saturday. FAU's the one seed, the two seed in the bottom half is North Texas. UAB is the three down there with North Texas. Middle Tennessee. And Charlotte will play in the 4-5 game, which is also a quarterfinal matchup on Thursday. Those top five teams get a buy into the quarters. The first-round matchups, your Western Kentucky Hilltoppers taking on UTEP, FIU taking on La Tech, and Rice taking on UTSA. The saddest thing that ha- the, I've been waiting for this bracket and like was watching the standings because I wanted to bet UTEP against Rice because... The Rice coach Scott Perra, was the it was the most obnoxious celebration I've ever seen in my life. When uh, Rice hit a game winner against UTEP, was like waving them. UTEP wouldn't shake their hands. He was talking shit to UTEP. He was celebrating with boosters. It was obnoxious. The quotes from UTEP after that game where I was like, I cannot wait till they play. If they play, and the-. they couldn't be further apart in the bracket, it sucks. I'm gonna have yep. to wait till ne- next year. Maybe we get a UTEP Rice final. And then I can get my revenge, but I don't think that's going (laughs) to happen. So FAU's the favorite here, plus 145. UAB in North Texas, uh, evenly priced, right around plus 250. Charlotte, 14 to 1. Middle Tennessee, 18 to 1. And then you're down 100 to 1 territory. Let's start. first Teams playing the first round. I mean, I hope you're not going to make a case for Western Kentucky. La Tech, not this. I mean, They lost since losing Kobe Williams. They are not the same team. They have one win. I think it was an overtime over FIU, who they will play in the first round. Rice, who has the opposite of depth, they have no depth. They have no chance of winning four games in four days. They'll take on UTSA. Rice has also been fading. UTSA is one of the worst shooting teams in the country, um, but they're still playing hard. But anyone in that first that's playing the first round worth a flyer will be crossing them all off.
1: Uh, I wanted to maybe get interested in UTEP, but I don't like the draw at all. So I'm, yeah, I'm not going to bet any, any of those. I like, I think the winner's coming from the top three. And unfortunately the prices are factored in there. I I don't love the value in this, this one. I'm just going to bet the unders that's the plan stuck. Yep. Well in the top half. So if we assume FAU
0: is going to get by Western Kentucky, the winner of Western Kentucky UTEP, although, you know, those teams have talent.
1: Right, I mean, but FAU is they, they're kind of built for a tournament setting with how they come at you. But I, I literally wrote in my notes, this is a tournament team with like the depth and the multiple scores. Like it, it just makes sense. Yeah, Middle Ten. So they, they're gonna play
0: if they get by their quarterfinal matchup. They're gonna play the winner, Middle Tennessee, Charlotte. My thoughts on that matchup, like you can't, can you trust Middle Tennessee away from Murfreesboro? No, right, and they need to get to the rim. Everything they want to do is get to the rim. So theoretically, away from Murfreesboro against Charlotte, Tony Elliott disciple, pack line D. Did you say Tony Elliott. Be, uh, Tony Elliott. Uh <laughs> Tony Elliott. Uh Tony Bennett disciple. Um, like I I, I like I kind of like Charlotte in that game. I just don't trust middle Tennessee State away from home. Can Charlotte ugly up the game enough against FAU? and just make that a shitter as they want to do? Or does FAU just have too much talent?
1: They've tried. uh, In the first meeting at FAU, it was a 59-possession grind fest. It was close in the final minute. Uh, Charlotte cut it to two with like a minute left. And FAU hit a couple big shots late. I think they compete there, like whatever the the number is there, given how slow Charlotte's going to make that game. I I think there's some intrigue on betting the dog and taking the points with, with Charlotte, if they get there and I'm with you middle Tennessee outside of Murfreesboro, but totally different team. So yeah, I think Charlotte is there and competes.
0: Yeah. That was the the only potential long shot that I was looking at because the other thing is that, you know, what do you want from a a potential long shot? And Charlotte's what Uh, the 14 to one, it's not a super long shot, but since I like them in the first matchup schematically, then they're going to have to pull off a couple upsets, but They grind the game down, right? So limited possessions, higher variance. They shoot a ton of threes, and they're pretty good from three. So just chuck, get a bunch of threes up in a limited possession game. If they get hot, then that's kind of what you're looking for in one of these dogs. And I just don't see anyone else I trust. But you're right. It's probably going to come. that's the only team that I would potentially look at if you are looking for a longer shot. If we assume that FAU gets to the final, I agree with you that it looks like, I mean, FIU LaTex, winner that, I don't think can beat North Texas. Rice, UTSA winner, I don't think can beat UAB. So one of the games that I would look forward to the most out of any matchup, this kind of reminds me of like a Ch- Charleston Towson I can't wait to watch tomorrow. UAB North Texas will be awesome. Uh, assuming that we get that matchup, North Texas swept them during the regular season. One of them, I think, went to double overtime. But UAB is playing excellent now. Jelly Walker's back, fully healthy. Their half-court offense is now, like, usually it's like, hey, we need to get out and transition. Their half-court offense is now playing really well, which is important against North Texas, because you want to talk about a team that will f- turn games into an absolute shitter. Sad we can't get North Texas-Charlotte in this arena. What would the total be, 98? Um, they played
1: a, Those two played a 47-possession game stuck. Charlotte. What was that, that total was 108, right? And it went under, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like it it's they have played some absolute slot fests. It would be very funny to see them with this uh shooting background too in this gym, it'd be like forty-five possessions and no one makes a jump shot. It would be gruesome. Yeah, I think that's the, the lowest
0: one I've seen in a while. I think it was North Texas Charlotte, right? I think it was one hundred eight this year. Yep, um, yep. that was the one. Yeah, so well, well, we're not gonna get that unless Charlotte makes a run to The championship, then you'd have tired legs too. third game in three days. Oh my God. That total might be 98 and a half North Texas UAB. Like a lot of people, if they're in pools, if you know, if you want to take these two teams are priced similarly, they're probably going to play each other in the semis who number one, who wins that game or you don't know. And it's a
1: complete toss up, but who do you favor? I kind of lean UAB. I don't know for sure what Kai Huntsbury's status is for North Texas. He sat with an ankle injury. He was dressed in their, their finale. So I think he's going to be fine because they didn't they need to need play for anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They were locked into the two C, Couldn't go anywhere. And Hey, they still beat WKU by a bajillion points in that game. So that was a bit of a bummer, but so I think he'll be back in there, but the two games that they played were close enough. It felt like UAB had every chance to win. It's not like a matchup that they can't handle. So I, I do kind of lean towards UAB and the way that they're playing right now.
0: Yeah, I would too. And in, in Walker, we trust, and then that half court offense is playing good enough now that I think yeah, it would take the third.
1: The caveat I would say is like, is this venue conducive to the grinding half court teams? Like, is it? Yeah. Oh, it's harder to score. North Texas lives in that muck. Charlotte lives in that muck. Maybe it's good for them. We'll see. Yeah. Last what was that game last year?
0: North Texas. I I took La Tech against them. La Tech won forty two to thirty six. That was the
1: final score <laughs> in the seventies. <laughs> Ridiculous, and two years ago they played Western Kentucky and it was 48 to 48 to go to overtime. And yep, like there have been some ugly games in this tournament. Oh, I had Western Kentucky in that
0: game, it was painful. Well, uh, West, I gotta ask you about Western Kentucky, like they have talent.
1: Is is uh Frampton just that important? <laughs> like, what is wrong with them? Man, I guess I don't know because they're uh, before. I took them because partially because North Texas was locked into their seed and western Kentucky's forty-two and twenty-six, or now forty-two and twenty-seven against the spread as a dog under Stansbury. That's when that talent rises up and competes. It's kind of what you said about Memphis playing Houston. They they rise up against the opposite talent level, but it seems like that that's just not going to be the case with this year's Hilltopper squad.
0: Yeah, I, I can't make a case for them. They have talent. I can't mean they also have no depth, but I mean you got to say you have a seven foot five kid in in sharp uh you know, they have talent on the outside. It's just, yeah, there's just something that's off. All right. I guess one, one final question here is FAU, who would you prefer? Like say you were an FAU backer, would you prefer them against North Texas or UAB? Do you think one or the other has a better chance of matching up better or beating FAU? Cause they're completely would- different styles.
1: Yeah, I would be a little more scared of UAB. UAB's had them both games. Like, they did beat them once in the first game. They kind of had them in Boca Raton, and Florida Atlantic made a couple shots late. Like, it was a 82-76 lead with, with three minutes left, and uh, UAB just couldn't score the final couple of minutes, which is really rare for them. I, I think UAB's more scary to me with FAU. The nice part is that they're in, no matter what, and I kind of want two bids out of this league, so I'm going to be... I love FAU, but I'm going to be cheering against them.
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, uh, is are they 100 percent? I would assume.
1: I think. so. I would so. assume they, they're
0: 100 percent, right? Or because they're not going to be one of those weird, like when VCU got left off. Remember that year? They were like yeah. 18th on Kem Palm, and they got left off. I, I don't think it'll happen. I, I think they're. I think they're safe. And then final question here is FAU, UAB, North Texas. Obviously, it's matchup dependent. But if you were, like, doing a Calcutta right now um, and you knew all three were going to make the tournament, say, in, in a hypothetical world, who would you be looking to buy?
1: I think I'd take FAU. I just love the different weapons they have. Like, it's not one or two guys. They don't need a Jelly 35-point game to beat a, a better team. And yeah. UAB's history against power conference competition is not very good, despite yeah. having a lot of that talent. And FAU, I, I man, they, they beat Florida. at Florida, that's the best win. Castleton was playing in that game. And they've got like the two centers plus seven shooters and playmakers. Like it, it is such a fun makeup of a roster. I love the Owls.
0: Yeah, they, have, they, can, they just have a number of guys that on any given night. Like if someone's off, it doesn't really matter. Someone else can step up and go off. Yep. All right. Good stuff in Conference USA. We'll be looking for some unders in the Frisco Disco. So to recap, ACC. I'm taking a flyer on vatech as uh, I think everyone who listens to this podcast probably already knew. Jim is rolling with the Dukies, Big Twelve. I think we have to look TCU at plus eight fifty, CoinFib at worst, and I make them a favorite against Kansas State, who they match up well with. And then they, you know, they would presumably play Texas, but Texas could trip up against Oklahoma, and TCU I think matches up pretty well. With Texas and then. If the chalk holds, Rock Chalk holds, then you get a Kansas team with no depth, three games in three days, and you've already taken care of them in the state. So I think TCU plus the 850, you have to take it. Um, AAC, you're kind of wait and see. I mean, sorry, Conference USA, you're just let's look unders. You, you think it's they're going to come from the top three, yep. but there's no value there?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, those No one's even three to one. So I'm not gonna not gonna mess with any futures there. AAC is UCF. That's that's the one I yep. like the forty to one. Yep, forty to. I, I
0: agree with that. I'm gonna take a little shot on UCF as well. Conference USA. If you are just looking for a long shot, or if you're in a pool and you want to be different, the only team I can make a case for, just as we talked about, would be Charlotte. That I like their first round matchup, and then they're just that that high variance type of team. It'd be low possessions. They'll shoot a ton of threes, um, and they'll just ugly it up, which in this venue might work. All right, Jim. So appreciate you giving me your time. I'll ask one other question that I asked both Matt and Kai. One, any other conference or events going on right now? So it could be an updated future or one that we didn't talk about. Is there a a future that you fancy that wasn't covered today?
1: I I could talk myself into New Mexico twelve to one in the Mountain West, but I haven't looked at the actual bracket. Is it okay? All right. Yeah, we and I tried to
0: I tried to map out the moneyline rollover and i was i was getting like now new mexico has zero depth right and they're just so relying on their guards and on any bench which is problematic you gotta win four in four days yeah, but true. i was getting like around like wasn't was right around the price where if i was doing a money line rollover any thoughts on the, the big 10 bracket just came out
1: oh yeah no i haven't seen that yet um Gosh, just even thinking about the teams in that league, the ones that like, I'm not super sold on Purdue, they're clearly not playing well right now. So you don't have to ride with the high seed there.
0: And so Purdue, Indiana? the, I don't the know. top, yeah, the bottom, Indiana is a, the, everyone's going to bet Indiana, but I'm curious to see their price. Indiana is the three seed. They're in the bottom half with Northwestern as the two, and they both have double buys. Indiana will play the winner of Maryland or Nebraska, Minnesota. Everyone knows Road, Maryland, the Maryland away from home. Whatever I mean, Indiana hasn't been great away from home either. But everyone's going to say Indiana moves on. Then Indiana would play either Northwestern. Northwestern is going to play the winner of Penn State, Illinois. Illinois can't beat Penn State, which is interesting. But Illinois, are they a potential dark horse there? A lot of you are going to have Indiana moving on in the bottom half. In the top half, Rutgers plays Michigan in the 8-9. Winner plays Purdue. And then you have Michigan State is the other team with a double bye. They'll play the winner of Iowa or... Wisconsin or Ohio State? Any thoughts? Are you I'm betting take...
1: Ohio State? That's my that's my first question.
0: Uh, I gotta see the price. I don't know. I don't okay. know what they're gonna okay. give us. I think Ohio State's I'm gonna bet them against Wisconsin. I've been betting I've been betting Ohio State every game over the past three, and it's worked out. And I'm riding them until it flames out. If I can get like they they're they're gonna start with Wisconsin. They can win that game. Then they're gonna play Iowa. They can win that game. I mean, any, well, Iowa can lose anybody. Uh, then they play Michigan State. Could win that game. And then they they probably can't beat Purdue, but maybe Purdue goes down to like Michigan. I, if I can get an outrageous price in Ohio State, can they put it the guy? I mean, they're playing better now. They they have talent. I don't know. Um, I, I
1: they got to win five games in five days. I'm going to need yeah. a really good price. That's the tough part. I, the one I wanted to back was Illinois, but like you said, I hate that draw. Penn State owns them. Like Pickett yeah. has given Pickett them like business. Yeah, just
0: they have no one to defend him. <laughs> yep. So that, so that spooks me off them. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be talking about that and the SEC and the A-10. Oh, That's oh, that's what I'll ask you about since I think you were maybe originally going to do that. A-10, are you the one, maybe the
1: only one in the country that can figure out the A-10? No. What? what? Okay. If, if there is someone that can, props to them. But I, I don't have a, a great read on that one. Yeah, that's the first time since the field has expanded – to
0: 64 teams 1985 that the a10 does not have a automatic bid excuse me uh a uh what am i what's the word i'm thinking of at large an at large contender like there's not there's no one that's you can even say maybe them there okay. this is a pure one bid league dayton is the favorite at plus 160 how can you trust dayton as the favorite. <laughs> like, there, you can't try. I can't trust that team as far as I could throw them. VCU's plus 180. That's probably who I would lean to. um I think that they're the best team in the league. um But yeah, I mean, Fordham, 12 to 1. Fordham going to go dance. I want it. I want Fordham to go. First time since 92, I think, that they would go dancing. And maybe this is the year. I mean, Davidson is the sixth favorite at 20 to 1. This conference is. Anyway, we'll talk 810 tomorrow. I'm rambling. Jim, thanks for your time. Thanks to audio and video team on the back end. Thanks to all of you for listening. Make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy. Leave a review. We'll do giveaways later in the week. Five-star review. I don't care what you say. Just leave a five-star review. We'll do giveaways later in the week. Much more content to come. We'll have part seven with myself. BJ Cunningham, Mike Calvary, Colin Wilson covering, I think, six more. I'm even gonna I'll talk some meak and swack those uh maybe some Ivy madness as well. Uh and then Tuesday morning, Big Bets on Campus Live. And then of course next week, starting Sunday with the selection Sunday show, and throughout we'll just have tons of content. Follow him uh on Twitter at second chance points. Is it spelled second or number second? I always forget. 2ND, 2ND chance points. 2ND chance points. That's it for us. We will see you later. Cheers. Enjoy the madness.
2: Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly.